With 35% of trucks on the road driving empty, 87 million metric tons of carbon emissions are produced annually. Leveraging machine learning and automation, Convoy is efficiently connecting shippers with carriers while reducing carbon emissions. Learn how Convoy's technology can help your business run efficiently and build toward a no empty miles future at convoy.com sustainability. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hi, and welcome back to Net Zero Carbon. I'm Tyler Cole, your host, and this is the show at Freight Waves where we focus and dive deep into all things around sustainability and freight and logistics. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Greg Roche, VP of Sustainability for Clean Energy. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and thanks for having me on your show. I'm excited about this conversation. You're, you're doing really good work there. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. We try to be a fair and balanced megaphone for all things, and there's a lot to be excited about in the freight space. So let's dive in. I was excited to reach out to you because uh, we talked briefly beforehand. I've got a background with clean energy from my freight broker days, uh, almost a decade ago now, running uh, pilots on CNG, LNG trucks there in SoCal. Why don't you tell us a little bit about clean energy and your role there and how you came into the VP role of sustainability? Sure, sure. And uh, it's kind of fun to go on that memory lane for for you. We were on parallel paths back then. So, uh, you know, clean energy has been in the alternative fuel space for over 20 years now. It's hard, hard to believe that. But we've always been at the forefront of clean transportation. We're looking for ways to in today's world, decarbonized transportation, but also lessen the impact on local communities from local air quality issues with, with transportation emissions. So, you know, when I, when I started with clean energy, it was actually in 2007, it was a different world back then. We were a very small company back then, but back then this, it was all about trying to eliminate diesel emissions. And then you fast forward to today, that's still important, but, Equally important, in some perspectives, even more important is how can you shrink carbon? How can you, how can you get carbon out of transportation? So, you know, my role here has evolved over the years um, as clean energy has grown. When I first started back then, it was all about introducing natural gas trucks to the North American market because they they didn't exist back then. That was the first real commercial foray back in in. 2007 to 10. And uh, today my focus is on doing things like we're doing today, getting, getting the word out that carbon reductions are feasible, they're affordable, they're possible by using the new fuel of choice for us, which is renewable natural gas. That's awesome. I love hearing that, that story and that evolution because it really is a different focus today than 20 or even 10 years ago. I mean, between when you joined in 07 and when I started with that pilot in 2012, there was this little thing called the shale revolution that really opened the door for gas to come in and just have this immediate improvement in cost over diesel counterparts. But we were waiting, at least I was waiting on the time for equipment that could meet, you know, the class eight heavy duty duty cycle. Um, where are we now in, in terms of competitiveness from maybe even before we go RNG, just real quick, what's left on CNG, LNG? How has that market developed? You know, that great question because 
that also has evolved over time because originally the uh, fuel platform of choice was liquid natural gas LNG because at the time there was a 15 liter engine on the market that was an adapt adaptation of the Cummins 15 liter engine and it ran on LNG. But over time, the market has shifted to pretty much entirely compressed natural gas CNG. And, uh, you know, the good news is RNG is basically a drop in fuel replacement for conventional gas. And we'll probably talk about that more. But, you know, we, we got started on this RNG path about oh, 10 years or so ago. It was, it was basically an experiment. We had the opportunity to acquire some landfill gas and we were trying to answer the question, well, this is really interesting. Um, I mean, this, this predates the focus on carbon, but this is really interesting. What if we could produce our fuel from a renewable source, put in the pipeline and use it? Does that make any sense? It was a, it was a question at the time. And, you know, today excited that we had that early start early on. And the answer is, is absolutely yes. It has a huge outsized role that can be played in decarbonizing. 100%. We'll jump into maybe the deep dive on RNG in just a second. I, I want to learn a little bit more about what time was that? Because the evolution, as I remember it, was vertically integrated LNG focused. And then as that market proved um, maybe more viable for export operations rather than domestic, you know, we've got all these pipelines. Let's make, make good use of that that infrastructure. Clean energy pivoted. Is the RNG the pivot there? And, and is that now the focus for the organization? Yeah, you're, you're spot on. We are entirely focused on expanding our RNG, both production on the upstream side, as well as on dispensing into vehicle fuels. So we are full on board with complete conversion from the traditional compressed natural gas that we we uh, have a history of, of uh, selling to now. It's all about how do we get to 100% renewable gas? Because we see that that's where the market's going. Uh, we want to be a leader in that market. We want to help our customers achieve ultimately their sustainability goals, which drives everything that we do. Definitely. And y'all are, luckily, you have a head start from an infrastructure footprint of station build out, right? Whenever I'm at you know several of the large airports I go to, I know there's always a clean energy station nearby that I could fill up a rental if I needed to. So even before RNG was the focus, that infrastructure, I'm sure, is helping you guys start to just plug and play with new pipeline gas that's coming from renewable sources, right? Uh, we, there's two things in, in America that, that are very exciting. So one is we've got this great pipeline network, most places all throughout the U.S., and that, that is how you move the renewable natural gas from wherever it's produced to where it's consumed. And that's an incredibly powerful asset for decarbonizing the U.S. The other side of the coin is, you know, we've been very busy over the last decade building stations uh, for our, our own purposes and for our customers, for their private fueling. So today we have over 540 station locations throughout the U.S. and Canada focused on every day delivering fuel to commercial and, and public fleets, whether that's a trucking operation running in Texas or it's a bus fleet running in Phoenix. 
that's what we're that's what we're doing every day. That's very exciting, and we know the future is bright because we feel the tailwinds continuing to blow this decarbonization of transport forward. And I think the next decade is going to be full of tons of momentum. So to have that infrastructure in place already is just a boon to you guys. No, no pun intended to the former founder. <laughs> but when I think about when I think about the future, most people are talking for freight at least. You know, electrons or molecules. Which one's it going to be? And I'm a firm believer that it's going to be a, a good mixture of, of both, that it's a polyfuel future that we need to embrace. And we just need to really understand the economics and the environmental benefits of each. So with that in mind, maybe let's go a little bit deeper on the RNG side of the fence right now and understand, you know, what is RNG? What are the sources? Where does it come from? Where does clean energy play in that supply chain? And, and then we'll go from there. Well, let, let me answer it this way, because this is really you know, important from a recency of the news. So recently we had the big international conference on, on fighting climate change called COP26. And, and you know, that's, it was very technical and most people probably didn't follow it. But there were two, there's two really important matters that came out of that conference. So one is the focus on reducing methane emissions globally. Methane is... It's classified as what's called a short-lived climate pollutant, and it's a very powerful climate pollutant. It's 28 times more powerful than carbon dioxide in, in attacking the atmosphere. So it's incredibly important to prevent methane from going into the atmosphere. And I'll come back to that in a moment. But the other important point that came out of COP26 is continuing efforts to create a, an international structure for the voluntary reduction of carbon emissions. And basically that means you could do a project in one part of the planet and allocate those carbon savings to your operations in the other side of the planet. So conceptually, that's right in line with what we're doing with RNG. So first we're capturing the RNG, the methane, and preventing it from going into the atmosphere. And what does that mean? Well, whether it's a landfill, whether it's green waste from gardening, whether it's food waste from uh, your, your cafeterias or restaurants or whatever, or animal feedlots, dairy farms, and, and so forth, these all produce organic waste. And left alone, those organic wastes naturally decompose into methane that goes uncontrolled into the atmosphere. And that is what we need to prevent from happening. And it's happening today. You know, I like to talk about dairy farms because it's an incredible success story for everybody from the farmers to the, the operators of trucks. So with a dairy farm, cows produce a lot of two things. They produce a lot of milk and they produce a lot of manure, the cow poop. And it's kind of a funny thing to be talking about, a, about cow poop, but here we are. So that, that cow poop, that manure, generates a lot of methane. So what if you could corral all of that manure, capture it, and prevent the methane from going into the atmosphere where it does damage, and instead clean it up and use it as a fuel? And that's what exactly what we're doing. And because, going back to my comment about methane is a, is a very potent um, climate pollutant, we get a lot of bang for the buck by taking it, prevent it from going in the atmosphere. So that, that's one side of the coin of the benefit of, 
of using RNG. We're taking methane out of the atmosphere. On the other side of the coin, it's now being used as a drop-in vehicle fuel that's lower carbon than the diesel that it's replacing. So you get, you basically get a two-for-one benefit in the world of carbon accounting. You get a lot of benefit from uh, eliminating methane, and you get a lot of benefit from driving trucks with clean fuel. So, the, and the great thing about this is uh, RNG can be produced all around America, whether it's a landfill, whether it's food waste, whatever, you, whatever it is, and transported through the pipeline to a station where it goes into the vehicle tank. So it's got great optionality for end users. It's not limited to, oh, you can only use it adjacent to that landfill or that dairy farm. No, you can use it anywhere that you're running your trucks. With 35% of trucks on the road driving empty, 87 million metric tons of carbon emissions are produced annually. Leveraging machine learning and automation, Convoy is efficiently connecting shippers with carriers while reducing carbon emissions. Learn how Convoy's technology can help your business run efficiently and build toward a no empty miles future at convoy.com slash sustainability. It's such a great solution because it is receiving tailwinds. I keep using that word, but in the, in the form of, you know, cow flash lens is probably positive to keep using wind. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you brought up both the, the infrastructure side and the crediting side and the, the recognition that methane is an overly powerful global warming gas that goes into the atmosphere. But without the credit side of the coin, you know, I don't know that the industry would be where it is today because over the last decade, especially on the West Coast, we've continued to see these incentives pop up in the form of clean fuel standards that really, really allow that powerful warming potential to be represented in the form of a monetization credit, right? So I was an LCFS credit, credit trader in a prior life and I'm very, very familiar with the negative carbon benefits of RNG in that schema. And to me, that's just like scratching the surface of the addressable market for RNG. So when you think about potential regulatory changes, whether it's the renewable fuel standard, uh, which governs all of our renewable fuels, or regional or state um, clean fuel standards, where do you think we go from here? And how big could the RNG market get? Well, let, let me, uh, uh, yeah, great question. Let me answer it with, with three points that, that illustrate the possibilities based on what's happening today and where this is going. So one point is, I, I mentioned you can make RNG from all of these different sources, food waste, green waste, dairies, and so forth. Uh, some of these sources are negative carbon, below zero carbon. So that dairy farm we're talking about, uh, and this is all regulated by EPA in the States, California particularly. So those dairy farms have a carbon intensity score. So that's the carbon score that on average is minus 300 compared to diesel, which is 100-ish. So in 2020 in California, the average carbon intensity of fuel dispensed for natural gas vehicles was negative, negative carbon already. So when people talk about aspirational goals of what they want to accomplish in the future, we're starting at a base where the fuel is already negative on average across the board. That's huge. The other, the other point is nationally, again, going back to 2020, that's the most recent data, 
53% nationally of the natural gas vehicle fuel dispensed in America was renewable natural gas. So you have negative carbon in California market. You have a majority of fuel dispensed nationally is renewable already. That's the starting point. When you project in the, into the future and think about the possibilities, and I, I look at it as a portfolio solution. You are a trader, so you, you probably relate to that. So the portfolio solution is, is really you're looking at how do we displace diesel? Because diesel is the source of climate pollutants for transportation. Can we do it all with one? And the answer is, you're not gonna do it all with one. The great news is you've got tools in the toolkit. You've got RNG powered trucks, you've got electric battery trucks, and you've got fuel cell options. Between these three, you can replace all the diesel fuel used in the US. You're not gonna get there with just one, but there, there is a study that, there's lots of studies, but there is one study that looked at what's the potential for production of RNG in the US. And you know, it looks at the technical side as well as the financial side. And you could get up to 75% replacement of all the diesel fuel used by trucks and buses in the US using RNG. So that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. So you'll think about the possibilities here. 75% can be displaced by RNG. We can argue and debate how much is going to go electric, how much is going to go hydrogen fuel cell. They'll all be in the mix, but we can get there. We, we just bring the added value that the products available today, the technologies available today, it's been proven for, for a decade. So there's no, there's no real entry risk for uh, companies that want to use RNG as a vehicle fuel. The prove out's already been done and the, the supply chain, the manufacturing's already in place with all of the truck manufacturers that they already know and love. It's exciting. And you didn't even mention, I mean, the infrastructure's in place too. <clears throat> and the other tailwind that I think, well, there's two that I would mention. One, you know, the Cummins 15 liter coming over from Europe here soon in my mind, plays a huge role in accelerating demand for RNG, giving, giving fleets that were in duty cycles like we were the option to not lose any sort of efficiency with their service, right? Um, and the other thing that I think is interesting, you mentioned COP26, but I don't know, I'm sure you saw recently the EU labeled both nuclear and gas as green fuels under their scheme, which is drawing a lot of consternation from you know, the hardcore environmentalists. But the reality is what you just said. We, it's all options on the table and you cannot cut your nose off to save your face because we're seeing an energy crisis happen in Europe today and California is retiring peaker plants in that gas. And to me, the next decade is going to be really, really telling from an energy security and supply in light of the decarbonization agenda, how we get there. Well, you're, you're talking to somebody who lives in a state where we frequently curtail our electric power because the production and the grid can't meet demand. So you've got to be you've got to be smart and thoughtful about what strategy you're really going to use because you've got to, it's got to be viable, it's got to be technically proven, there has to be service and support. You, you have to be able to afford it, and you got to be able to energize it, whether that's the grid, whether that's gas, whether that's hydrogen. We just we just think, you know, from a from a value proposition to companies that are out there, you think about the possibilities of there's a lot of net zero goals today. So and that's been a big advance in the commitments companies want to make for sustainability is being 
net zero by a certain date. So if you think about the possibilities, how you get there, you know, you could, you can say, well, we're going to go 100% electric using only solar power to charge the batteries. So that'll get you to zero, roughly. Um, but that's all the farther it goes. So if you want to get to net zero, you have to replace 100% of those trucks with battery-powered trucks that run only on solar. Maybe that's possible. Who knows? We'll find out one day. If you have renewable natural gas with that dairy gas, think about it this way. If you and I have a truck fleet with four trucks or 400 or 4,000, to get to net zero with the good stuff, that dairy gas, you only have to replace one out of four trucks. So with your four truck example, I run one truck on minus 300 carbon intensity dairy gas, run the other three on diesel, I'm at net, I'm at net zero already with just 25% of the fleet. You want, to, you want to go beyond that? You want to start generating negative carbon that you can use to offset emissions from other parts of your operations? You can do that. It's very... It's, it's achievable today without waiting with existing infrastructure, existing pipelines, and so forth. You know, there's a lot of fleet operators in this space that I don't think appreciate that nuance and rightfully so become kind of flummoxed at, hey, how am I supposed to reduce emissions? All I have to work with is diesel unless I pay two and a half times for a battery truck that I sacrifice range or weight, or I try this largely unproven fuel cell technology that doesn't have the infrastructure. So that's the nuance. And honestly, the reason I'm here at FreightWaves is trying to make sure that this industry wakes up to the opportunities that are before them, because it's coming. Your customers and your regulators are going to have some hand in pushing you down this road of decarbonization. And I get excited when I see people putting their hand up and trying new solutions. And if they can find ones like this, I think it's just accretive to the flywheel effect, right? We get more and more trucks on the road. The, the costs of producing the equipment come down. The infrastructure gets more security and it's built out. Um, it's just a, a positive outcome for everybody. So I'm happy to have you on and, and really make that message clear to especially the, the downstream freight fleet operator community. You know, it, it's, it's, it's tough for the uh, truck operators uh, that are out there because they're under they're under your, your, your standard business pressures and all of that, but they're now under intense pressure from two sources. So one is the regulatory side to drive, you know, state by state, different states having their own carbon policies, California, Washington, New York, everybody are coming up with their own version. That makes it very complicated for, for truckers because now they've got to navigate all the waters that are all different everywhere. But be, uh, beyond the regulatory uh, pressure. I think the biggest pressure is on the business side. You know, every day you can read articles about the big insurance companies, the big banks, the big finance companies that are looking at their portfolios, saying, "You know, we've got to we've got to help our customers wean themselves of carbon because that's part of our sustainability goals." So I, I think we're coming to a new way world of operating where you know business is going to have to look at, well, if I keep doing what I've always done, I'm going to run out of financing options, or maybe not run out of them, but they're going to be very expensive compared to what I've been doing. Same with insurance risk. And those are just two examples, but you know, this is an accumulation of business pressures that are going to really provide the roadmap to, you go this way, 
you're going to get favored nation treatment because you are reducing carbon. You go this way, you know, that's at your own peril, but it's going to be very difficult for you because you're not going to have the same options and treatment if you are going down the path of decarbonization. Absolutely. I love that most favored nation treatment because preferential procurement is, is my view where we're headed next. And first movers should have a large lead, similar to clean energy. So I'm happy to hear about all the successes. We're coming close on time here, so I want to try and wrap us. But do you have any forecasts for the balance of this year, knowing all the momentum that's behind us? Would you say we have more or less than a 10% jump in RNG use nationwide this year? You know, uh, let me let me answer it this way because um, you know this is this is the long game, and so you know, right now we and our partners. So we partner with uh, BP, Chevron, Total, and and several other players. And it's not just us, but there is a massive investment going on in RNG production. Every state in America, there are projects that are being either permitted. Under, under construction or in the early phases. So you're gonna see a very rapid growth of RNG supply around the US. And you know, right now, because of the way the regulatory structure works, California receives kind of the first taste of, of new low carbon RNG that hits the market. But uh, there's a lot of overflow going into the rest of the US, particularly in the states that are going to be moving forward with our low carbon standards. So I'm, you know, I'm being, I'm being a, a non-specific on what the forecast is for um, this year, but I can just tell you very bullishly that there's going to be a lot of new production coming on online, not just this coming year, but the year after and the year after that, because it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar build-up that's going on. It's impressive. And exciting. Yeah, I pay attention pretty closely to the space and the SPACs happening and I'm excited to see what the future brings. So we'll have to have you back on an episode later later this year and get an update on where the industry's at and where clean energy is moving and shaking. I'd love to. Appreciate it. And thanks and congratulations again on all, all of your great work. Oh, we appreciate it. We look forward to moving the industry along the same path together. So thank you, Greg. Oh, thank you, Tyler. Have a great day. You too.